Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 549. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florist shops and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, returning for 2022, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Our next sponsor thanks goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Today's guests, Shannon and Judd Allen, are first-generation farmers who grow specialty-cut flowers in Uniontown, Ohio, serving the Canton and Akron communities. A few weeks ago, Shannon reached out via email to let me know that John Deere, the tractor company based in Moline, Illinois, had filmed and produced several videos about their small farm and their flowers. The campaign is out now. Perhaps you've watched it. It's called How to Make the Most of Your Land. The series features everyday gardeners and growers who use John Deere's USA-made tractors, mowers, and other equipment. What a sense of pride I felt watching the video clips that Shannon and Judge shared. Lately, I've been seeing the extended commercial on national television, which features Bloom Hill Farm and several other passionate growers and gardeners. I asked the Allens to join me for a conversation about Bloom Hill Farm and to introduce their story to our Slow Flowers community. Let's jump right in and meet them, learn more about Bloom Hill Farm and how their goals and dreams for building a family-owned floral enterprise on their own terms is thriving. Oh, and you'll want to listen for Shannon's secret tip on social media tagging. You'll hear the audio from their John Deere commercials at the beginning and end of this episode. You'll want to visit slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 549 to watch the replay video of today's interview, as well as find photos and links about Bloom Hill Farm. Let's jump right in and get started. Beautiful morning. Grow nine acres of cut flowers here on the farm. There are 7,000 dahlias alone. Tempest. Diva. Cornell bronze. They're a labor of love. Plant so many beds. We get a lot of use out of the tractor. It's been really fun to watch the farm grow. Okay, we got a little roll call here. This is Baker, Blueberry, Sunny, Butters, and Cosmo over here. <laughs> Looks like the sunflowers blooms. This is how the Allens make the most of their land. Learn how to make the most of yours at deer.com. 
Wow, that is so exciting. Uh, we are here with the stars of the John Deere commercial, Slow Flowers members and Ohio-based farmers, Judd and Shannon Allen of Bloom Hill Farm. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. It's still, like, it's still completely surreal to watch, <laughs> watch those videos, so it's a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, it, 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 they run it for 30 seconds and it probably took a whole day to produce, but uh, you yes. make it look effortless. Yes. Well, two very long days. Okay. Great. So we're going to we're gonna meet you both and hear about your farm and about this cool project. Um, first of all, Shannon, thanks for reaching out to me and sh sharing the video. Yeah, I think the subject you. line was like local flowers, you know, are famous or something like yes. that. <laughs> Uh, so please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about Bloom Hill Farm and where you're located. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, Bloom Hill Farm. We're in Uniontown, Ohio, um, which is like Northeast Ohio area. Um, and we're about an hour or so south of Cleveland in the, in the Akron Canton area. So um, our farm has grown over the past, this will be our sixth growing season. Um, and it's been really fun. It's been a whirlwind growing it. It's been um, really like one of like the biggest blessings that we've had has been able to grow this tiny little thing into something a lot bigger. So um, we grow on. Um, right now, currently we grow on, uh, we have 14 acres now and we grew last year on nine acres of it. Um, but we will get That's into amazing. it later. Yeah, yeah, we acquired um, some more land. Originally our farm was only five acres and we actually started out growing on a quarter of an acre. Mm -hmm. So this is going into our sixth season here. So it's, uh, it's grown. Wow. Tremendously. Wow. That's a lot of crops. Like what is, yeah. um, it, it sounds like Cleveland's your closest urban market, but what yeah. is, where do you sell your flowers? So, um, so our, we have like our, we have a local, we have a really great local following. Like our customers are amazing. So right now we're primarily focused in Northeast Ohio, which is like Akron and Canton. Um, our farm, uh, we have about, we have one, we have four high tunnels that are unheated. So generally our season runs about mid-March through November. And then we do have a, a Christmas. Um, we do a lot of Christmas stuff that helps um, us keep our employees through the winter and stuff like that. So it's been, mm -hmm. it's been really fun to have that. Um, so we're, we're getting ready to see tulips here in a couple of weeks in our high tunnels, <laughs> which is crazy. We used to say we like take the off season off, but we really don't anymore, which is really fun. And yeah. Exciting, so. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, it's a big, I mean, that's a big undertaking. So obviously you needed some equipment Yes. <laughs> and yes. Judd, Judd, you're shown riding this, um, John Deere tractor. Yeah. I, I don't want to use the wrong terms. Tell me about how this came into your life. Did you already have all this farm equipment? Oh, we did not. We did not come from a, a farming background. Uh, me and Shannon actually, to start at the beginning, me and Shannon actually knew each other in high school. And then we reconnected seven years later at a big flea market here of all places. And I love it. Then we were engaged 11 months later and yeah. then married. married. Let's see, 11. Seven <laughs> months after that, we were married. And, but on our first date, we uh, we both knew we wanted to have a farm, and we even talked about having a chicken coop. And we didn't know necessarily at that time there's going to be flowers, but we knew we had an interest in that. So, um, but we didn't grow up on a farm or anything like that. So we literally started. We bought an old historic house in a, in Canton, Ohio, and we fixed it up. And we were on 0 0.2 acres, and it, it was it was beautiful. We loved it, but it. It, we couldn't afford a farm right from the beginning. 
So uh, we bought the house, fixed it up, and then uh, from there we bought this farm. This is the biggest place we could buy, and this was definitely not a farm. So it was very interesting um, getting yeah. started with that. And then so we bought our tractor, and we had five acres, and I thought that was going to be like all we would ever need. <laughs> and then we were – so it's, it's a, it was the biggest tractor we could afford at the time. And we wanted to support our local dealer here, so that led us to the John Deere. What is the tractor actually called? So I use the right term. Oh, it's okay. It's a it's a thirty. The model number is thirty thirty two E, and uh, it's a compact tractor. So okay. And what do you use it for, actually? Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> is that a dumb question? We use it for, for so much, and it is like literally the muscle to our farm, and we we use it to um, work up all the the flower planting beds, and we actually run a plastic mulch layer off the back and we have a rototiller and we have a brush hog for cutting down the flowers and adding compost to beds. It literally gets a ton of use. <laughs> That's so cool. So it's super handy and we like it because it's kind of a smaller one where yeah. we can get into some tighter spots. Mm-hmm. And um, and we also like it because it's powerful. So mm. it's, it's a nice tracker for us. Well, I, I love John Deere because it's USA made. And, um, we want to keep manufacturing in the U S and, um, I don't know that was probably your dealer's selling point too, because they're made in Illinois, right? Uh, yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I have a funny story about this one. I got invited to speak to this garden club in Moline, Illinois. Okay. And, um, I, it was held the whole the whole it was a lecture, a luncheon, a workshop, like a whole day thing, and it was held in the corporate headquarters of John Deere. Oh, and oh. because one of the members uh, was related to, you know, had a spouse who was an executive there. Yeah. And what a beautiful campus! And when you walk into the lobby, it's like uh, an atrium filled with trees, like it's very garden centric. Oh, yeah. And I was. I was yeah. flying, I was flying home and I had to buy a, a, you know, support your local farmer t-shirt at the airport with a John Deere logo on it. So I, love that. That's I so should cool. find that. I should find that and send it to you, Shannon. <laughs> You'll probably wear it more than I will. <laughs> but that was about five years ago, but I always kind of had that on my radar. So when I saw the news about your com- commercial, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is in alignment with slow flowers. I mean, big ag is kind of a different animal, but it sounds yeah, like obviously. small farmers are still in their in their customer base, and that's why they sought you out. Yes, yeah. yeah. I really feel like they're trying to invest more and like show really like the flexibility of, of a lot of their equipment. You know, where even like a homeowner might find it useful um, too. So it, it was it was a lot of fun. Great. Well, we'll talk about that camp- campaign mm-hmm. in a minute. I want to just. Uh, I got off on a tangent. Sorry. I want to talk a little bit more about Bloom Hill. Yeah. So um, you have you have high tunnels and field grown. Are those sort of your two uh, areas on yeah. the farm that you're growing, depending on the season? Yeah. So we have about um, an acre in perennial production, about an acre in woody production. Um, and then the rest of when you originally bought our house, we farmed the first like quarter of an acre. Yeah, it was um, you know, when, so when we moved into this place, I, we already had two very young children, um, that were three and 11 months. And then I had, was pregnant with my third at that point. <laughs> so when we started our farm, that's why I like, I, you everyone, guys go zero to 60 in one, yeah, one oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We definitely do. Um, so it You're was good you know, a lot of Yes. A lot of people think like you have to have like all like the perfect scenario, like completely like set up to get your farm going. 
And for us, like it was, we had like every obstacle kind of like stacked against us. Um, but yeah. we just did what we could, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we were both working other jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we bought this place, we knew we wanted to transition this into being a flower farm. We did some research on it. We thought it was something that was lacking in this area. Mm-hmm. We thought it was beautiful and uh, we thought it could be something profitable. Mm-hmm. So we started it out and we were working other jobs. We had three kids under three and uh, it was, it was, <laughs> Why it not? was wild. So, <laughs> yes, we, so we started out, we, we were doing sunflower zinnias and we did, like, I think we had 400 values our first mm-hmm. year. And uh, we just literally advertised on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. And we literally put a tent up at our end of our driveway. And we literally had a pack and play with wow. our kids, two of our kids in a pack and play, you know, selling flowers. So you daddy's, know, daddy's bunching sunflowers. You guys just yes. have fun over there. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we got like a high powered baby monitor. And at night we would put our headlamps on after everybody went to sleep and we would <laughs> take the baby monitor up there and we would cut flowers. So it's, you know, we like, we have, we burned the midnight oil for many, many, many years. Um, it took a lot of hard work. It was a lot of fun. You know, we did have a lot of fun with it. There were moments that were like, <laughs> what are we doing? We, oh, you know what? Our customers though, they have always supported us. They've always wanted more. And I think like, if I had to say, one of the main reasons why our farm has really done so well in this area is because we've really listened to our customers. Like, mm-hmm. wow, like they, they really loved Lizianthus. Every year we just added one more specialty crop that was something that would be new and different to them. And it has really just like snowballed from there. And it's it's hard to have other jobs while you're doing a farm, but yeah. it allowed us to invest the money that the farm was making in the infrastructure because we didn't, you know, we, move into a farm. Yeah. You know, so so. The, the, the property was a house in an extra single car garage, which the previous owners uh, actually did dog grooming on the back. So they had this framed out area in the back and it was 11 by 15 by seven foot tall. And so we honestly, we turned the dog grooming area into a walk-in cooler. Brilliant. So we, and, and there was already water out and electricity out there, right? Yes. 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 So then we uh, made our bouquets in the front part of the garage and that's only like a 16 by 20 area. And we just this year put up a bigger barn mm-hmm. that we finally moved out of there. You know, we've, we've gotten a lot out of that. We were just using what we had here. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things you've said that I, I think are super valuable for anyone listening, especially if they're considering turning like a flower, you know, hobby into maybe an enterprise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you started on Facebook. You didn't have a website, it sounds like. You just no. used the organic, you know, pretty photos on Facebook mm-hmm. to get people excited. And the fact that you just started with a few crops, I think sometimes people just order seeds, yes. you know, hundreds of varieties of seeds, because of course we want to, yes. but it's not realistic. Right. Right. And we were just doing what we could do. You know, we and we didn't have a farming background, so we were... Really, like everything we learned is like we like to say, like it was the school of hard knocks. You know, we we messed stuff up and then we knew how to do it better and a lot of research and the ASCFG and other farmers and all of the Mm -hmm. the other people that pour into you, um, which has been really wonderful, you know, Mm -hmm. so and it's been really it's been really nice to grow the farm and um, just little by little we just kept learning. So, yeah, it's step by step, you know. Wow, that's great. I also, the other thing I picked on that I think is really valuable advice is adding one specialty crop a year. So you're yes. kind of 
expanding, but in a manageable way. Like, mm-hmm. what's your what's going to be your crop for twenty twenty two that you're going to experiment with? Well, we I think moms mm-hmm. we're we're really that makes trying sense. To push, yes, we're trying to push. We did us we tried a small amount of moms a couple years ago, and they were beautiful. And then we just needed the the high tunnel space for other things, and it, it got pushed to the back burner. And now, like we have this customer base who wants more and more from us. Um, so it's like once the field stuff are done, they're like, okay, that's great, but you know, wait, what else do you have? So it's like we'd love to hit Thanksgiving with moms. So we're yeah. um, trialing like some like beautiful heirloom ones, some kind of standard ones in our high tunnel. Now that we have some extra high tunnel space, so I would say we're d- going to have like a little bit of a mom focus this year. Yes. And that'll kind of get you into the fall more too. It'll extend the yes, season. Yes. yes. Yep. So um, uh, you said you're starting the season with tulips. So that mm-hmm. those are in a high tunnel right now, ready. And they'll be harvested, what, hopefully by Mother's Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So our high tunnel tulips will probably bloom mid-March or so. Okay. Um, we're in zone 6A. Yes. And um, so in a couple of weeks, they'll bloom in the high tunnel. We have planted about 23,000 um, this year. So... That's yeah. <laughs> that is mind blowing. Yeah, so we we, we sell to a couple. We sell have a couple different avenues that we sell our flowers. So like a lot of specialty markets. We have when we first started, we um, Judd put up an honor system flower stand at the end of our road. We literally thought we would if we made like a hundred dollars a month off it, like we would be thrilled. And it has turned into this, you it, know, it has like a cult following. Yes, it, it really does. <laughs> like there's like people they just love coming to the stand. Yeah. And it's something we've kind of like uh, evolved over time. The stand has stayed the same, but we, you know, we always try to like just up the experience, up the flowers. Uh, we don't make any money off of them per se, but we have goats. We have six Nigerian dwarfs. <laughs> I saw them in your video. Tell me about yeah, the goats. <laughs> so you pull into our stand and the goats are there and the goats never met a stranger. So they love that. So, so a lot of times moms will come here and, They'll bring their kids as a little, like, almost like a bribery. Hey, if you're good, we'll go see the Bloomhill goats. And mom <laughs> gets herself a bouquet, one for a friend. Yeah. And it's just, like, really evolved into something neat. But uh, yeah. you know, the stand's, stand's been wonderful. And people, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you see all the bad going on in the world. But our stand has just made us 100% just, like, the our, the faith in humanity. And just, like, mm-hmm. people want to do good, in our opinion. And we've mm-hmm. honestly never had an issue with the flower stand at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, mean, we, you mean like on the honor system? Uh, yeah, it's thing, 100% yeah. honor system. Yeah, because, I mean, well, we had a lot of people tell us that it would not work, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're, we were like, but but for us, we we're, like, trying to find ways to sell flowers from our home so we could be with our very, very young families. So I met the need yeah. that way. And it started small, and now it uh, we sell 100, 150 bouquets a weekend out of that flower stand. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, do you have a fo- do you have a photo of it? I'd love to share that in our show yeah. notes when we yeah. – okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yes. so when we run this as the podcast um, mm-hmm. at, next week, we'll get we'll have blog posts, and I'll, I'll get some photos from you because I'd like people to kind of picture awesome. yeah. uh, your setup. And, of course, you can't you – can't um, staff it because you're trying to farm and parent. Yes. So, yes. And, and you don't want to pay someone. So what, what hours do you have it open? Is it just a weekend thing? Yeah. So, um, we, last year we ran it, um, Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Thursday mm-hmm. through Sunday. Yes. We're changing that a little bit this year because we would love to have our, <laughs> our Sundays just for our family. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, the Sundays, Sundays were great except for like 
you know, we, we just wanted to be with our kids without like having to worry about stocking it all the time. So um, mm. now we're kind of renovating that second garage to be more of like a retail space for us this year. So we're not going to be like doing all the dirt work in there with, you know, people, oh, people love it though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. People love seeing behind the, the scenes. They yes. love walking in there and seeing, you know, buckets of flowers all through there. But like for us, it's like, we want to up the cu- the customer experience. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. If you're to pick up for, you know, a wedding, you know, picking up your wedding flowers, you shouldn't be have to, you know, go through this meandering trail box. Yeah, or have the cat, the cat fall down from yeah. the ceiling. It's <laughs> all about it's all about the Bloom Hill brand. I get it. Yeah. So you yes. do you, do you wholesale at all, or is everything you do retail? So we're pretty much what do we say, eighty like percent or so, um, like direct to retail mm-hmm. sales. Um, this year we picked up, um, Acme grocery stores. Um, we have a a really great grocery store account on board with us this year. So like, as we're scaling up the farm, that's where we're adding in that wholesale um, piece a little bit. And then this year I'm really looking forward to reaching out to like local designers and florists because we're just at the point now where we can, you know, we, we grow enough where I feel comfortable that I can deliver. I feel like um, consistency and reliability is really important. And I guess I, I really wanted to make sure that piece was in place before I um, went. Yeah. So what Shannon's saying is basically uh, we had a very good problem. Our problem has always been, we haven't been able to keep up with demand locally. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it is a blessing. We are so grateful right. for that, but you know, problems are problems. <laughs> so now we, we feel like we're growing enough of things that we can offer them the floors consistently mm-hmm. and also meet our customers' demands. But Shannon, you also design weddings, right? Yeah. You so have a farmer a, florist thing going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> or do I you do, do it? Do you do it too, Judd? Are you a designer too? I am not the designer <laughs> of the farm. He, he will definitely bunch some dahlias. I'll, I'll, I will do some uh, bunch some bunch some flowers as needed, but you don't you don't want me to do any wedding flowers. Uh, you know, we found like a really a really cool niche, you know, in the market with. Um, our flowers, we try and have a hundred percent of the, our flowers being used in some, in a lot of the wedding designs. Um, we do some select full service clients, um, a year. Um, but really like our special niche are like brides who like want to have beautiful flowers at their wedding, but aren't having like ballroom weddings, you know, where it was like the huge, I mean, I still do some elevated arrangements, but it's like a lot of like backyard weddings and COVID has really like that smaller brought like the smaller weddings home a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, our business really thrived with that. And people, I mean, I have, we have all, a lot of a la carte stuff where we do like all the wearables centerpieces and they just come pick it up the morning of. And for us and our family, that's really the ideal right. in the wedding world. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's Yeah. But at least you have great examples of uh, your designs to uh, yes. kind of help Flora see, oh, that this is a couture product. This is yes. like a Lysianthus. Like, why wouldn't they want that? You know, and oh, something, yes. or oh. your dahlias. Yes. And we've had a couple weddings where we had to order like a few like roses and stuff in if the bride like had to have them. And I just really, I as as you get more comfortable in your experience and, and, and more um, confident in your flowers, you really realize like the, the stuff that's grown here is just, amazing yeah compared to what a traditional florist has to work with and it's no it's no knock on them or anything but it it, our our flowers really like make my job so easy that's yeah that's (laughs) your that's your competitive edge and and hopefully hopefully florists will respect that that's you're staying in your lane not trying to compete with them but you want to help them meet that need too yeah uh and maybe like 
educating, you know, working with florists, educating them on seasonality. And there is, it's a, it is a different experience working with a farm. Um, and we've had to, even with our customers, like they, they have grown to embrace seasonality because we don't live in that world. You know, so we're like, geez, you know, don't want anemones in, in September. And I'm like, well, the reason <laughs> we love anemones so much is because, you know, they leave us for a little bit. When they come back, it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So they get, they, the excitement builds with the, yeah. each, each season we enter for each crop now. So they're, now they're like, I can't wait for peonies to be yeah. here. They, you know, so. I was going to ask you about been- peonies because you said you have perennials. Is that a big crop for spring too? Yes. yes. So how many? Uh, right now we have 400 that we're cutting off of, and okay. we have another 700 that next year we'll be cutting mm-hmm. off of. So oh, we have a, 1,100 minis on the farm here. Oh, my gosh. Are, That's... They're great. They're such a great flower. And for us, it was kind of like an investment crop. So and it really is an investment crop because we don't cut off of it for three years. So um, I can't wait to cut off that new batch next year. So 2023. Really yeah. So 2023, yeah. you'll have like a bumper crop then. Yeah, we'll oh, yeah. be cutting peonies around the clock. <laughs> I don't well, even, you know, they're just sensitive that way. <laughs> how, how old are the little ones now? Do, can they help at all, or are they still kind of uh, just uh, playing on the farm? <laughs> well, they help yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in their own ways. You they know. ride on the tractor with Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They love going on gator rides. Yes. Our, oh, our, our, our son's nine. nine, and our girls are seven and six. And okay. He, he likes going and using the gator every once in a yeah. while. So they're very, they're like farm ambassadors. So we have uh, like maybe two or three times a year, we have a kid's goo pick and a whole bunch of kids come out. We like do a little lesson on the, obviously they get round point scissors. So like no one's running with scissors. <laughs> right. that, but they, I mean, when you see that through a kid's eyes, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So my kids get to be like, you know, the, the ambassadors of the farm and like showing the kids around and um, they really, I think, you know, when you're little, you don't realize the, the blessings that you have in your life until you then once go into the real world. Yeah. And we think like one day they'll realize how cool, how cool it is but when we do something like this. They'll do things like, you know, when we're making our bouquets. They'll come get like the things like the seconds that don't need, need our grade, and then you'll see them like they can put little bouquets together oh, and put water for us, yeah. and, you know. So they do sweet things like that. Yeah. So we try not to, we don't want to push it on them, but we just show yeah. it's there, and you know, we hope. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Love I love that. That's such a great experience. Uh, which it sounds like neither of you really had. Um, Jed, I saw in the bio on the website you have a background in landscape design, though. Is that sort of the the confidence about growing that that you're bringing to the to the farm? Or well, growing up, my father was a horticulture teacher at a local high school. I did not take his class, but <laughs> I was I grew up with my dad and doing uh, in the summer he would do like a lot of landscape jobs. Mm. So then when he retired, me and him did a father son together, and I just really thrived in the green industry and being outside and, and just seeing the flowers and the seasonality of things. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, when we were thinking about a farm, I mean, we were thinking about all the different things we could do and we saw flowers and there was this, for me, I, I saw like, yeah, it's going to be some work, but it's beautiful. And so I, it was a lot of crossover for me on that. Yeah. Yeah. Ornamental horticulture and landscaping. I see a mm-hmm. lot of people making that leap. Like they already mm-hmm. know how to grow. It's just changing the crop and, um, and look, lettuces just simply aren't as beautiful as a field of dahlias. So I, That's 100% I'm, true. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to offend any lettuce farmers. I, yeah. I, lettuce is beautiful. Yeah. 
Uh, how about Shannon? What were you What were you originally doing in your life before you um, reconnected with Judd and decided to radically change everything? Yeah. Well, um, I got my college degree here at a local college, Mount Union. It was Mount Union College. Now it's Mount Union University um, in Alliance. And I had a communications degree, and I was doing some um, basically project management work mm-hmm. in a corporate job. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was fine. Yeah. You know, it was good. It was good. Um, and I think like, you know, Judd and I have always connected on, we, you know, when you're looking for a significant other, like you always hope you connect and like that you have the same dreams for life, you know? And I really feel like we had that and it was um, really nice to be able to uh, go do that with somebody and who was equally as excited. Like I wasn't dragging him, yeah. <laughs> dragging him along um, on yes. any of You're very fortunate because it's it's either going to make the marriage solid or break it up. And you've survived this long. I feel very confident for your future. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. It's going to be a challenge working with your spouse, you know, and we have figured it out over time. And now that our quality of life is a little bit more balanced of adding some employees, it has really helped a lot of that too. Yeah, the season of change with kids. The kids are getting, you know, a little bit older and it's not as much diaper changing. (laughs) You know, your roles of parent changes Mm -hmm. and and, uh, with having the employees here more now, it, we can stop. We don't have to be out there with headlamps, which is which is always a plus. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But I guess every time you have a bad day, you think I'm not out there with headlamps. <laughs> we've 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 got this far. Are, are you both? Um, are is the are you able to support yourself with the farm, or do one of you still have an off farm job? Yeah. So I am. I am going to be. I'm so excited that this will be my first year. Pretty like. 99% dedicated to the farm. I'm still doing a few things, um, consulting type stuff for my other job. Um, but it, I am so excited to like, you know, watch, watch myself grow here, um, and really be here every day. I can't wait to see, you know, the impact that I have. And I'm, I'm really excited, um, to be here. We have such a great, um, we have great employees and everything too. So, and Judd, he still, he still works a part-time job. Yeah. So, um, Touching on what Shannon was saying about herself is we are very fortunate that our farm has grown to the point where Shannon's presence here is 100% needed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are so excited for her to be here. But I um, I also work part-time at UPS, and I go in early in the morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning. But for mm-hmm. us... It's the insurance aspect for yeah. our farm. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for being. Yeah. Thank you for being honest about that. I think that this is what a lot of couples and families struggle with. It's like, uh, how do you stain this? Because it is a lifestyle-based business as mm-hmm. well. Um, the UPS connection is awesome because when you decide to launch your national shipping program, you got it down, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> but even for me, the goal is to get to the point where we can. Um, pay for our own insurance. And yeah. that is a goal. And we're hoping within the next year or so that that will be a reality. Mm-hmm. And just basically we want to look at the insurance cost, unfortunate as it is, as basically like, you know, paying taxes. And it's just part yeah. of the cost of living your dream yeah. and doing what you love. Yes. Wow. That's well, that it, you make it look effortless. I know it's a lot of work. I know you're getting ready to just get revved up for the season, but I want to talk about this John Deere campaign. How, did this all come together? Because they just launched it like first quarter, right? Last month or something, right? 
Yes. Um, in October, well, actually it all started like in the middle of the summer last year. Um, they, they hired a casting agency and and, uh, we love like our gator. So we use our gator a lot for like flower pictures and, and we always tag them and never really heard anything. You know, wait, 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 this is important. So you've been tagging them whenever (laughs) the tractor shows up in Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Our tractor or our gator, we always put like, Hashtag John, you know, hashtag or at John Deere. Yes. And it, honestly, you know, humbly, it's been crickets, you know, and they never even liked it, you know, so we're like, okay, okay. but we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, what we think happened was that the casting agency searched through hashtags and tags for John Deere of people out there using their equipment. And then we had a, we had um, a casting call where we, basically through FaceTime or Zoom, like kind of walked around the farm and talked about our lives and the farm and how it's grown. And they were really interested in us and the farm, but they were really interested in our story, which was fun. And we, you know, hadn't heard anything We're like, okay, well, we didn't, you know, didn't know. We, we originally thought we were being scammed. We're like, we're yeah, like, we be real. Real. <laughs> we're like you're real. waiting for them to ask you for your credit card or something. Yeah. 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 Well, when we got done with that interview, like the next thing was they uh, obviously they want to do like a background check. Mm-hmm. So we had to give them our socials. Like, and then after that, we didn't hear from them for like two weeks. I was like, man, uh, these hackers are getting pretty sophisticated. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they're like, OK, you know, you were selected. There was some other people selected, too. And they, they came out for like a pre um, site visit. And we got to meet the director. The director was from Toronto. I mean, people were like come from all over and um, they got to see the farm and, and they created kind of like a storyboard from there. And then it was right at the end of our season. So we were like, there were so many prayers said for no frost <laughs> before these. People oh, because you right. If there had been a frost, you would have been canceled yeah. on probably. Right. It was. A, yep. It was yes. the second week in October, which for us is like at, yeah. the frost could come at any at any point. Yeah, they, they they came out for the prelim. I think it was like October 1st, yeah. I think it was. And it was like, it, even that day, some of the shots are in, the, in some of the videos. Yeah. We had like stocking hats on. It was like 40 degrees. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, but they came out October 7th and 8th. And that's when they shot, did all the shooting here. That's and awesome. That's we had nice weather. So that was weird. Yeah. You had what? We had nice, very nice weather. Yeah, good, good for that, good for you. Even yes. though at night it was probably getting down to like the high thirties yes. or something, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it it was great. they. Um, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. You know, they. But on the first day in the morning, they start trickling in. And then all of a sudden, there's like you're, they descended upon your farm, and it was a, quite the production. I mean, they're they're uh, they do a good job. Probably like you know sixty to seventy five people. It was it was wild. It's Hollywood. You know, it was, Hollywood comes to yeah. you know Akron. I yeah. love it. Yeah, are you local celebrities now? Like, do your neighbors always comment on seeing it, or <laughs> or customers? You know what? Honestly, you know when we first started farming, um, people like didn't they, they didn't understand what we were doing. Really, I mean, they supported it surface level, and so I think you know we like to say like, hey, now we're finally legit to our friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. We want that validation, right? We want that. Yeah, it was a a national ad campaign for us to be legit with everybody else. (laughs) We had to see us on TV, right? So, but you know, we don't do it for that reason. We we wake up every day. We're excited about you know the life we live and what we do, and so that's enough for us. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, it was fun that they that they felt that 
our farm and our story and our kids and like all the things that make our day-to-day life tick was awesome enough to want to come here spend two days on our farm and and record some of it so it was um it was a pinch me moment for sure yeah. and they really took time to like ask us about us and talk to us and mm-hmm. get to know our story and you know and i feel like they really portrayed um what we have here in a good in a, in a wonderful light so it was exciting yeah. for us. you really are uh you really do think the best of people judd i really love your spirit oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you you know obviously you gave away your credit your social security number and they they didn't scam you so i'm so glad <laughs> I was sweating uh, a little bit. I, we were about two weeks out and I didn't hear anything. So then they told us we were selected. So I felt I was like, Phew, yeah. that's good. Well, before we started recording, I thought you said something really interesting. And I'd love to just revisit this. And that is just the fact that uh, flower farming so, for so long has sort of been ignored by agriculture. And that you, you sort of were surprised that a company that that was obviously well into the food production side of farming thought you guys were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were super excited that we felt like we could uh, represent the flower farmers out there. Because even us, like we're we're we feel like we're a little a good sized flower farm at this point, and we still get people like, oh, um, when they buy flowers from us, oh, I have a garden too, and I'm like, it's, <laughs> we're very respectfully. I'm I'm happy you have a garden and you love your garden, but this is not a garden. <laughs> this is a very serious thing. Where like our rows are 150 foot long. <laughs> yeah. Commercial production yeah. farm at this and point. acres and acres. It's not like mm-hmm. a little raised bed somewhere. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. So we thought it was neat that um, they were showing that and then that we could use our equipment in a different way that mm-hmm. we could make, you know, a farm like with mm-hmm. a John Deere compact tractor, which, you know, traditionally agriculture, you have, everyone feels like you have to have a hundred horsepower tractor. Mm-hmm. And so we, we make a lot with a little. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's the, it's the, that should be your tagline. I, cause you've done that the whole <laughs> way along and I'm really impressed. I really, it's really fun to meet you both. I, I don't know when I'll get to Ohio, but I'd love to come visit. It looks like you Any have wonderful <laughs> farm events and, uh, I, this is going to be a big year for you. Anything else I didn't ask you that you want to add? Cause I want to end with the, uh, one more video. No, no, I don't think so. We're just excited to keep growing our dream and keep putting local flowers out there and um, keep wowing people with the beauty that can be really be produced right in their backyards if they wanted to. So it's been uh, it's been the biggest blessing of our life so far. And um, we're just going to keep keep doing it. We can't wait for the future. It's grown more than we ever thought it was. You know, we never thought it would be this scale. And we're just super grateful that our community supports us. And that people um, see the beauty in local flowers and they appreciate it. And I, I feel like we're uh, changing the way people, at least here locally, buy flowers. And for us, that's everything. Oh, amen. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, let's end with this clip. And uh, people who are listening on the podcast version will need to come to slowflowerspodcast.com to see uh, the show notes and meet Judd and Shannon and see maybe photos of their flowers, their farm, their goats, and all the cool (laughs) things that they're doing and also know how to find and follow you on social. So I just thank you for reaching out. Uh, It was perfect. It was, was, of course, then you're on my radar and I'm seeing your ads every weekend. So, (laughs) all right. So this is called how to make the most of your land if you're just getting started. So we're going to end with this clip and I'll say goodbye to you and then we'll run, we'll run this video. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
My advice for first-time farmers would be just to discover what suits you and your soil and growing conditions. Just because somebody else likes growing sunflowers doesn't mean you will like that. Learning is such an important part of farming. Finding that sweet spot where you can manage your farmland and learn and grow is just a really important thing. You know, you want to grow enough where you have quantity, but at the same time, you also want to figure out what you like. There's an association of specialty cut flower growers that we became a part of, which has been a really big source of information. And we have drawn so much inspiration from other flower farmers. So one of our favorite implements on the farm is our John Deere rotary tiller. We use it for terminating our cover crop, prepping beds for planting. It's something that gets a lot of use on the farm because we're constantly planting throughout the year. The biggest dream for our farm is to continue being an important part of our community. It's more than flowers. It truly is. Well, that was so great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you both. Yeah, take Me care. too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. What an uplifting story that simply put a big smile on my face. Congratulations to Shannon and Judd. What a fabulous way to put flower farming on the map for more people. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season. From tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield-gardens.com. We've got much more news to share about all of our Slow Flowers activities. Also, in today's show notes, you can find the link to our mid-March Slow Flowers Summit newsletter, which includes a beautiful profile of one of our speakers, Francis Palmer, the ceramic artist, and includes details about a post-summit optional tour of New York's Flower District led by Molly Culver of Molly Oliver Flowers. You'll also find the link to our Spring Bloom imprint newsletter with all kinds of stories and events celebrating our floral lifestyle books and authors. You can also find the subscribe buttons for those newsletters in our show notes, so sign up. Our final thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms, large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 825,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show and our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at slowflowerspodcast.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone. 
independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. I'll see you then. Thank you.